questions, and, and I want to talk about hearing God's voice through the fires of life, because I can tell you that I know that life comes with trials. Jesus said that this would happen. Um, and the Bible says in Philippians chapter one that it has been granted to us on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. There is going to be suffering. There is going to be persecution. There are going to be trials. There's gonna be fires. There's gonna be temptation. Um, Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Like, it's not all the devil's doing. God will lead us into situations for us to be tried and to be tested, but he promises that he's going to be there with us. And he promises in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that no temptation will overtake us, that, that if we lean on him, it, it, no temptation is going to be too hard for us. It's not going to be more than we can bear. He's always going to make a way out. And, uh, and I believe that tonight, if we can focus our efforts on just hearing his voice, then we will endure through these trials. Because I'm telling you that when the trials come, it's too late to try to go back and remember something that you heard in church or something that you heard uh, in a sermon or on, on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. It's going to be too, or a podcast. It's going to be too late. When you're in a trial, you're going to be squeezed and whatever's inside of you is coming out. And I want to make sure that what's inside of me is Christ. And I want to make sure that the faith that I have, I'm holding on to for dear life, that I'm not holding it loosely, that I'm not, you know, uh, being apathetic about my faith, but I'm taking my faith seriously. And tonight I want to ask you, or whenever you're watching this, are you taking your faith seriously? Are you taking your relationship with God seriously? Because I'm telling you, at some point in your life, if you are running in the same direction as Jesus Christ, if you are running against the world, I am telling you, because the Bible says this, there is going to come a point where your faith is tested. It's going to happen. Maybe you've already been through it. Maybe you have not. If you have not had your faith tested yet, I'm telling you, it is going to happen. Now, that's not something that you can rebuke and be like, no, no, brother, that won't happen to me. Your faith will be tested. Jesus's faith was tested. Like, we're not better than him. We are all going to walk the same walk that he did if we desire to be his. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they ought to walk as he walked. So the question tonight is, do you actually want to walk like Jesus did? Because if you do, and if you truly believe that all of his promises are yes and amen, then there are promises of suffering and persecution as well. It's not all health and wealth and, and, and never stressed and always blessed. There's persecution. There's trials. There's tribulations that will come, and he promises to be with you. And you need to know when those come who you are and who he is and what that relationship you guys have looks like. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, and I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm really excited that you're here. Let me just pray, and we will go right into it. So just, just close your eyes with me. Let's just go before the Lord and just honor him for a moment. God, we love you. We love you, and I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for this opportunity tonight to come into your presence, to hear from you, to learn more about you, to strengthen our faith, 
Father, I pray that no weapon, no plan, no scheme would be able to choke out the faith that we have in you. I pray that you would root us, establish us in our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God. I pray that you would give us a revelation of what it means that you are Emmanuel, God with us. I thank you, Lord, that you've never left us and you never will. And so I pray that tonight something new, some some new way of thinking, a knowing that we've never had, an understanding, wisdom in the area of communion and and co-union with you. I pray, God, that that would be what we walk away with, a confidence knowing that we're not alone a confidence in what we believe and why we believe it. Lord, would you give us revelation of why we're Christians? And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, I asked a question and I saw some answers. But I said, are you taking your faith seriously? Now, we had one person answer And I didn't ask for you to comment it, but I thought it was interesting. One person answered and he said, no. He said, I'm not taking my faith seriously at all. I want to get closer to God. You see, when the trials of life come, when fires come, when the fiery darts of the enemy come, and the Bible tells us that those fiery darts are accusations. When they come, It's not going to matter how much money you have. When the fiery darts of the enemy come, when the trials come, it's not going to matter what type of status or fame or rep that you have among men. When the enemy is at your door, it is not going to matter what kind of cars in your driveway or in your garage. It's not going to matter how big your following is. It's not going to matter how strong you are, how smart you are. Only thing that's going to matter is your faith in Jesus Christ. The only thing that will matter when a trial comes is what you believe, because the enemy is going to be after your belief. How do I know this? Look at the story of Job. Now, the devil told God his motive from the very beginning. And as a former military guy, I will tell you, that if the enemy were to tell you his motive up front, you would have a way easier way of fighting and defeating him. Now, Satan tells God, nobody loves you. He says, Job doesn't love you. He loves what you have done for him. You've protected him on all sides. You've blessed him insanely. Watch what happens when he loses everything. He will curse you to your face. Let me tell you that the enemy is saying the same things about you and I right now. He is called the accuser of the brethren, accusing day and night. Now, you know that this is his motive to get you to walk away from God. I don't care where you've been, what your childhood looked like, what your life has looked like to this point, if it's been easy, if it's been hard, if you've been blessed, if you feel like you haven't been blessed, you've been cursed. 
None of that matters at this point with what I'm about to say. Are you going to surrender your faith? No matter what's happened to you, are you done believing in God? Are you just going to walk away from it? Are you going to lay down your faith? Are you going to fold your hand? Or are you going to remain? Because the Bible tells us that if we continue in the faith, if we do not depart from what we've heard, we will be saved. Are you going to reject God and walk away because things didn't go your way? Are you going to stop believing because life got hard? I'm just being honest. Life gets hard. The enemy is not after your bank account. The enemy is not after your health. He's not after your family. He's not after your career or your, your goals. He's not after any of that. He's after this. He's after your mind. Because the enemy knows if he can touch your bank account, if he can touch your health, if he can touch your family, if he can touch you, that this thing, your brain, is going to start spinning out of control. And one day, you might actually talk yourself out of a place of faith because you've got all these questions and no answers. God has given you an answer long before there was ever a question. He gave you the answer in Jesus Christ. Now, this might seem like a, a cop-out or like an easy answer, but I'm telling you the gospel is easy. You need to listen to me. The answer is Jesus Christ. You see, the point of our lives is that we were one with God and sin came in and separated us. That's what happened in the garden. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to make us right with him again. So we were separated, we were enemies, we were alienated. That's what Colossians 1.21 says. Totally cut off from God, totally depraved, totally evil. And Jesus died for us anyways, showing the love of God, Romans 5.8 says. And by faith in him, Ephesians 2.8-9 says that by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we can be born again, made a new creation, cleansed of all unrighteousness, forgiven of all sin, and brought back into the family of God where we are one with him again. And we will have the gift of eternal life. And John 17, 3 tells us that eternal life is not a plane ticket to heaven. It's knowing God. You see, eternal life begins as soon as you get born again. So you were cut off and separated. Now you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God if you are born again. You become a child of God. God gave you the right to become his child to those who believe in the name of Jesus. If you believe in the name of Jesus, you have the right to become a, children, a child of God. And if you call on him for salvation, you will become a child of God. Now, what does this have to do with walking through a trial? Because... When you walk through trials, the enemy wants you to stop looking here up at Jesus and he wants you to look at yourself. He wants you to look at your own life and say, man, this isn't how I thought it would go. Oh man, I prayed for this. Why isn't this getting better? Oh man, I, 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 I prayed that this would happen and I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I always thought that my life would go this way, but now it's going this way. I thought it would be good, but now it's been bad. 
The enemy wants you to look at your own life and look at yourself and make a judgment about how things are going or not going. And when, he, when you do that, when you look inward, you stop looking upward. Now, Colossians chapter 3 tells us to set your mind on the things above, not on the things below. Seek those things which are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Therefore, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. You see, this is the mindset of the believer. Set your mind on the things above. Set your eyes, fix your eyes on Christ up in heaven. Why? Because you've died. It's no longer you who lives anymore. And one day, Christ is going to come again. He is going to appear, and we are going to appear with him in glory. What does that look like? What does that mean? That we're going to be caught up with Jesus in glory. Have you ever thought about that? If we're honest, many of us maybe have not thought about that because we're too busy thinking about life and why it's not going the way we hoped or thought it would. We don't think about being caught up in glory with Jesus Christ someday because we're too busy thinking about why didn't this prayer get answered and why didn't that prayer get answered and I, that got answered but it wasn't the way I thought it would get answered. We've completely forgotten what it means to be Christians. We're not alive for us. Colossians 3.3 tells us that we have died and there is a new life that is hidden with Christ and God. Let me ask you this. Have you died? Do you have a new life and has it been hidden in Christ with God? Are you conscious that you're going to be caught up in glory someday? Do you think about the coming of Jesus Christ? Are, are, are you seeking those things which are above? Are you setting your mind on the things above? This is critical for us to do as Christians. Why? Because it keeps our mind in a healthy and fruitful place. If you are not living eternally, then you will live temporally. And if you are living temporally, then you will make decisions that are good for now that have no thought of eternity. Let me tell you, my friends, that one day we are going to stand before God and give an account for our lives. When you make decisions, are you thinking about that? Are you thinking about the moment that you're going to stand before God, totally exposed, totally uncovered? He's going to see everything. He already does, but you're going to be aware of it at that moment. Everything is going to be laid out before God. You are going to be totally exposed. Now, the Bible says that that day can be filled with confidence and joy. Why? Because we've abided in him. Because we've spent time with him. I, I, because... I, I've came in, into this room, into this prayer closet when none of you guys were looking, when no one knew about it. And I sat in here and I prayed and I sang songs to God and I read my Bible just to know him. The Bible says when you do stuff like that, when you just build and strengthen and invest in a relationship with God, you're going to have confidence on the day that you see him. Why? Because you're going to be meeting your best friend, your father, your Lord, your master, your savior. But there might be some of you on here who think about eternity and you think about standing before God and it makes you nervous. 
And that just shows you that you don't know God like you could. Because the Bible says that fear has to do with torment. And it means you haven't been perfected in love. You see, you see God and he's someone who's gonna punish you or he's someone who may or may not be happy with you. You're not really sure what he's gonna do. It just means that you don't know him. And I want you to know this. You can know him. You can know him. Now, what does this have to do with trials and fires? Well, you see, I am building a house on the rock. When I get alone with Jesus in this room in the mornings, I'm building a house. All of us are building a house. We're building a life. And Jesus says, there's two places that you can build one. You can build one on the sand or you can build one on the rock. And Jesus says something else. He says the storms and the winds come and they beat that house up. The storms and the wind come to both houses. It doesn't matter where you build your house. Even if you build your house on the rock, the storm and the winds are still gonna come and they're gonna beat that house. But the difference is the house built upon the rock is gonna stand, it's going to endure. It might take a beating, it might lose some shingles. It might get a broken window, but it's gonna stand. It's gonna last, it's gonna endure. It's gonna be livable still when the storm passes. But the one that's built on the sand, that foundation is going to collapse. And if the foundation goes, everything else goes with it. And Jesus says, if you hear these words and do them, you are a wise person. But if you don't, you are a fool. He just got done teaching a bunch of different things and he says, if you don't do what you've just heard, you're a fool and you're building a house on the sand. Tonight, I wanna ask you, where are you building your house? You wanna know how to hear God's voice in the storm? I'm not here to, to give you some tip on like how to hear God more clearly. I'm breaking it down to the very root, the beginning. If you wanna hear God in the storm, you need to start building your house while it is clear and sunny outside. You can't build a house in a storm, guys. You see, I just read today in Proverbs, and it's talking about wisdom. It says that wisdom cries aloud in the streets. It's, wisdom is begging for people to come and listen. Wisdom is rebuking and is correcting and is counseling. And there are those who hated the rebuke, who did not listen. And it says that destruction came and trials came. And when that happened, they sought wisdom diligently. Like these people, when they faced a trial, all of a sudden they had this great motivation to seek after wisdom and they really, really went after it. And you know what the Bible says? they will not find it. Why? Because they hated it beforehand. You can't wait for a destruction. You can't wait for a trial. You can't wait for fire to seek after wisdom because even then you could seek with your whole heart and you won't find it. The Bible is telling us that there is a place for wisdom. Now, now don't get this confused with help. I feel God speaking to me right now. Don't get this confused with help. 
or, or deliverance, okay? God is a deliverer. There are people who have made mistakes and they hated God and they get to the lowest point of their lives and they call out to God and he rescues them. I'm talking about wisdom. Wisdom keeps you from making a mistake. The people who hate wisdom will make a mistake because they did something unwise and at that point, it will be too late to go after wisdom because they've already forsaken it. Does this make sense? Okay, so hear me, because I'm telling you right now, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're in a trial. I don't know if you're in a, a great season of life. I don't know if you're between seasons. Right now is the time to start getting alone with God. If you can hear his voice in the quiet, when I come in here at 5 a.m. every morning, there's no one here. There's no distractions, and I can hear him so clearly. And when you do that for days and weeks and months and years, let me tell you something. You will hear him in the storm. Let me give you an example. When I was a wrestler, I wrestled for 15 years. When I was a wrestler, I remember I'd be at a tournament and there would be hundreds of people there. Multiple matches going on at the same time. Bunch of kids wrestling, refs blowing whistles, coaches yelling, parents yelling. And I remember being out on the mat and wrestling some kid. I'm in the middle of a wrestling match in a loud gym with hundreds of people, lots of them screaming their heads off. And I could hear my dad. I could hear my dad's voice out of the crowd. How is that possible? Because I know my dad. Like I had heard my dad's voice for 15, 16, 17, 18 years. I could hear him through the, the, the noise of everything that was going on. Now, do you think I'd be able to hear the voice of someone I didn't know? Like, would I be able to pick it out of a crowd? No. What about someone I just met? I mean, maybe, but there were a lot of people. I can tell you that the people I knew the most, I could hear the loudest. I could hear some of my teammates. I'd spent time with them. I've gone through stuff with them. I could hear my coach. But I could hear my dad from the crowd. He wasn't Matt's side. He was up in the crowd. I could hear his voice. That came from time spent with him. That came from intimacy. That came from trips that just my dad and I would take. That came from growing up in his house, like being fathered by him. Then when it came time in that match and I needed help, I could pick his voice out of a crowd. You want to know how to hear God in the midst of a trial? Spend time with him live in his house, be intimate with him, get alone with him, do stuff just you two, read the word when no, one is, when no one is there. Don't read it to get content, read it to know God. Pray, sing him a song when no one else is there. Sit in your closet and listen, you're either crazy and you're talking to yourself or God's real and he's there. Jesus said, if you go into your closet and close the door and pray, your father in heaven, your father who is in secret is gonna hear you. And it says that he will reward you in the open for what you're doing in secret. Let me tell you, you know what the reward in the open is? The reward in the open is when you're in the midst of a trial or in a fire and God comes and he makes himself known. 
and he comforts you and he shows you that he's real and he shows you that he loves you and he speaks to you, he encourages you. He helps you when you're barely hanging on. He's there. Where did that reward come from? The time spent in secret. Today, as we close, I want to encourage you. Get alone with God. You want to hear him in the fire of life? Hear him in the secret place. Hear him here where you're not being tested. Hear him here where it's safe. Pray and then listen. Give God chances to speak, but you have to listen. It can't be a one-way conversation. Come on, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. You can't know his voice unless he speaks. I'm telling you, God speaks. You just have to listen. Amen? Listen, I wanna pray right now, but before we do, if there is anyone on here and you're listening and you're like, man, I've never had a relationship like this. I've never heard about God talked about like this. I want a relationship with God. I need to give my life to Jesus. I wanna be a Christian. If that's you, I want you to comment, yes, Jesus, right now. And we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna give a minute or two for people to comment, but if you wanna become a Christian tonight, you wanna give your life to Jesus Christ, and you need to be made into a new creation, you need to be forgiven of all your sins, and you need to be covered by the blood of Jesus that was shed for your forgiveness, I want you to comment right now, yes, Jesus.